no better way to get better at football than playing football. So, like, you know. Taylor's going to finish it! I've always been confident in my abilities. I think, you know, I'm a guy that can go out there and I always believe in myself that I'm going to get open and, and make the play if they throw me the ball. The third. Ryan, end zone shot for Pierce. He caught it! Oh, what a Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Colts cast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We're here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. My name is Eric Smith, of course, co-host of the Colts cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo. Please be sure to follow us on social media. Twitter handle is at the Colts cast. Instagram is at Colts cast. Just search up the Colts cast. You'll find us. Beautiful, beautiful logo is going to pop up. Check us out on YouTube as well. We you know, we post all our episodes on there. Please like, subscribe, comment, everything. We love engaging with our community on there. All right. So let's get into it. Let's get right into it. The Shane Steichen hire, still feeling good in our minds. You know, everyone's hoping he takes our offense to that next level. I really hope so too. So if he does elevate our offense, you know, what is it going to look like? What are we going to see? the Indianapolis Colts implement. We we kept hearing, and it's a great model, throw to score and run to win. But what does that actually entail? That's what Jamal and I are going to explain on today's episode. So Jamal, go ahead. Take it right from the top. What is this playbook going to look like? Yeah, that That's a very good question. I'm super curious to know as well, because when I think of the throw to score and run to win, I mean, I... I can see that going in a lot of ways, especially as what we've seen with with how the Eagles play this season. Uh, but before I kind of go into that, I wanted just to take a trip down memory lane and talk about the Colts playbook for the exact same time. I want to talk about or not, I say playbook, but I more so mean run to pass ratio versus Shane Sykin's past three years of run to pass ratio. So taking it off at 2020, it would have been uh, Philip Rivers year. Colts ran 459 Russian um, attempts. And they threw 552 passing attempts. So that was about a 45.4% run, 54.6% pass. 2021, of course, that would have been Carson Wentz, JT's explosive year, 499 rushes, which equaled about 48.9%, and 521 passes, which equals 51.1%. And, of course, this past year with Matt Ryan, 439 rushing attempts, which was about 42.1%, and 604 passing attempts, 57.9%. So the Colts have been pass heavy here these past couple of years, even with JT's having that outstanding year. Um, so so I kind of wanted to touch on that just to see how this could possibly flip for the better or flip for the worse, uh, depending on who you are and what you want to see. So we, then we move forward to, to Shane Sykin, 2020 with the Chargers. This would have been... Uh, Justin Herbert's rookie year, which he won rookie of the year that year, 466 rushing, which is about 42.6 percent, 627 passes, which is about 57.4 percent. Bump him up to 2021 with the Eagles, 550 rushing, uh, which was the second highest in the NFL at 52.7 percent and 494 passing attempts. Uh, so it's about 47.3. And of course, this year, their Super Bowl run, 544 rushing attempts which is just over 50%, and 536 passing, which is just under 50%. Say all that to show you that when he had a different quarterback in there with Justin Herbert and and um, a Jalen Hurts, we kind of see a difference there. 
Um, this makes this makes it an interesting case for me because I do look at the quarterbacks who are in the draft, the the CJ Stroud and uh, Bryce Young, who more of the pocket presence, kind of like a Justin Herbert. I still look at this to be a kind of a pass heavy system for Shane Sykin moving forward because we're not going to have all those design RPOs or those design draws that that Jalen Hurts had for the Eagles because they're not you're not going to have CJ Stroud running the ball like that. You're not going to have Bryce Young, if either of those two of the quarterbacks doing that. Will Levis, probably. Anthony Richardson, more so probably, yeah. But I think it'll be a little more settled back, still a little pass heavy to try to get that ball downfield to score, and then it's going to be the running the ball when we need to. Um, but at the same time, I have to remember that we do have a weapon in, in um, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. Coming back off of a surgery, I, I think it could be a big, a big comeback season for him especially with knowing that we're going to have a young quarterback, potentially a young quarterback in the backfield. So I'm kind of on the fence. Um, I'll pick, I'll make my final decision before we wrap up, Eric, and I'll kind of go a little more detail about that. Uh, but I just wanted to give just a quick little balancing act for what we've seen here for the past few years for us versus what kind of we've seen it fluctuate for, for Shane Steichen. Yeah, I, I think you, you, you illustrated that pretty well. I think the key word here for Steichen is going to be the adaptability. Yeah, like you were talking about, I don't think we're going to be a one-dimensional offense in, in any degree. You know, like the Tampa Bay Bucks, you, you know, had a 45-year-old Tom Brady just chucking it 45 times a game. Um, that That's never going to work if you can't establish a run. Uh, you still need that. Uh, or, or like Chicago. All they did was run the ball when they when they really needed to. Whether it was Khalil Herbert, just Justin Fields, um, David Montgomery, they just you know they didn't trust their offensive line. They didn't trust their play call, and they they didn't trust anything for Justin Fields to get the ball into his receivers' hands. Uh, so they try to get it done on the ground. But I I think you know Philly, when you look at the Philadelphia offense this year, they were effective on the ground and through the air, uh, despite you know being that balanced offense. I mean, they were just that good on offense. So, you know, depending on game flow and script, I, I think he's going to do whatever it takes to win. Um, but I, I, I heard you touch on RPO a little bit. So I kind of want to argue the other side because, you know, when we talk about the play calls, what that's going to look like, what the playbook's going to look like, I feel like we have to maybe expect a lot of RPO. You know, if we – if I put a big if if we draft a quarterback with similar attributes like Jalen Hurts, you know, that's a run pass option for everybody who, who doesn't know. But, you know, I, I, I really feel like Steichen's going to put their the defenses on their toes. You know, they have to either stop the run or stop the pass. You have to make a decision. Uh, if you make the wrong read, of course, and our quarterback makes the right read, we're getting a first down theoretically. You know, I love it. It needs to be executed properly, though. Offensive line has to block for the run. Uh, can't get called for a penalty going up too far if they decide to pass. You know, QBs have to be able to process the reads quickly and correctly. Wide receivers have to run those good short routes uh, to get open if if we do decide to pass. You know, things like that. Um, so, you know, RPO, because it. I, I don't know if you know this, but I believe – I think the Eagles ran the most RPO out of out of any offense. Just, just I, I can't confirm that, but just from watching Philadelphia football, you know, watching some games, they they 
they do utilize a lot of RPO. So if we do draft a quarterback similar to Jalen Hurts that has, I mean, don't even really have to be that mobile. I mean, you just have to be able to to read the you know the defense. I I could see it implemented just because Steichen has ran it a lot. You know, so if I had to make a bet, you know, the Eagles definitely ran the most RPO of any team in the league. No, that that that's a, that's a fair bet, and and I'm glad you kind of mentioned that because I'll I'll I want to go into a little more detail with that from just a different I shouldn't say a different standpoint but kind of like you you mentioned where you don't have to be the most athletic quarterback to to be able to run that so but first I want to just give a quick shout out to to DraftKings our our partner NBA fans it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportbook an official sports betting sports betting partner of the NBA this week new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets instantly Plus, for a limited time, all and new, all new and exist, existing customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place your single game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Now, Eric, I, anybody who watched the All Star stuff last night, I don't know if you did. I bet on Tyrese Halliburton to pull it out for the three point contest, and I got so excited after he hit thirty one in his first round. But he, uh, I, it wasn't fair, man. They let him sit for way too long. He was a second shooter. So by the time he got back to go up for the finals, he, he wasn't feeling it anymore. Damn dollar. Yeah, he finally got his, he finally got his chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be betting tonight on, on, uh, on the All Star game. It'll, it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, it'll be fun. But download the app now and sign up with codes TPPN. New customers can bet five dollars on the NBA and get two hundred dollars back in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. I, I would say you have to be somewhat athletic. Like you you can't be a statue like Matt Ryan and run yeah. that yeah. RPO. Yeah, you do have to, you know, roll out to your right, scramble a little bit. If you decide to pass and get that pass, you know, that short pass right. But yeah. You don't have to have Lamar Jackson type speed to to be in that offense. No, you're right, and, and you know, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that that would sway kind of my my thought process of what I was talking about earlier when I mentioned that. Of course, they had a lot of design runs for Hertz, and and they ran a lot of RPO because I do think I do definitely think that CJ or any of, any of the four quarterbacks, CJ, um, Bryce. Levis or Anthony Richardson, they could all thrive in that because you do have you do have that dual threat back there. You have a two-headed monster. If we have a Bryce Young who can get the ball out whenever they need to, and or CJ who can who can you know roll out when they need to, you got JT who can get the ball and do something with it. And we even saw some some hot some uh good things from Zach Moss this season as well. So I do think that that setup would be good for us because we were very one-dimensional this year. Um and and I think that it was very easy obviously when we're behind as much as we are, we we have to just throw the ball every single time. You, you mentioned Tom Brady earlier throwing it 45 plus times a game. Same thing we saw with Matt Ryan a lot this year. We 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 have to get rid of that. So I I I should kind of retract what I said about the RPO portion at the beginning because I was thinking more so design runs than RPO. Uh, so I do agree that I think it would be very beneficial to have a system set up like that when we have a quarterback who can get the ball out on a dime. We have a running back who is shifty enough 
to make a big play and we can crowd the box with that. And that's, and that's really essentially what we want, especially if we're going to have the deep ball threats and, and Alec Pierce or have, you know, if we sign, if we resign Paris Campbell and we have MPJ and those are our three, you know, leading receivers there and Jelani Woods, of course, that gives that gives a better chance for us to be able to get the ball out until they respect it. And then we can, you know, we can run the ball again or do whatever we need to. So um, I I do think it would be nice to see. I, I think my biggest thing that I'll be curious to know, though, was with with the potential rookie coming in. Uh, of course, we cannot say that's going to happen yet because we don't know uh, but we suspect it will happen. Would you would you expect JT to get a heavier workload this year or you think that because, again, I look at it's hard for me. I know that they had the Eagles had a very balanced offense, but they also, you know, the the, the run game was heavy for them. I should have looked up to see how many attempts of these were just hurt because I know he ran the ball a lot, you know, but we all they also have A.J. Brown. They have Devontae Smith, that receiver. So they have the ability to be, you know, uh, even split and still be super effective. So do you think with the potential, potential 2021 style JT coming back that Sykin will be more so wanting to utilize that run, even though he said the run to win? Or um, or do you think that, you know, he's going to try to get this ball out and, and see what these receivers can do? I think it depends, you know. Um, as we saw in Philly, it was almost like a four-headed monster. They had Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, uh, and then Jalen Hurts, of course, on the ground. So, you know, any one of them were, were getting the ball at least four to five times a game, it seemed like. So, you know, could that could could we see something like that in Indianapolis? I don't I don't know if we have I, I would say maybe, you know, because we we saw what Zach Moss did, um, in in his uh, few games that he started. Yeah, uh, we saw what Deion Jackson can be uh, in the absence of Jonathan Taylor, and then we know what Jonathan Taylor is. So yes, the the workload could definitely go down for JT, because like under Frank Wright, JT was you know the bell cow running back, lead back. You know he's he's getting twenty twenty five touches a game. I'm not gonna sit here and guarantee that uh, for JT going forward especially with his injury history this year. Um, so it, it, it's yet to be seen. Uh, but if it, yeah, if I had to make a bet, it would be he gets a, a lighter workload, uh, kind of depending on the quarterback we draft, the OC we bring in. It, it, it's a lot of factors, but you know, I you didn't really see the Eagles running backs. They, they didn't have a super heavy workload every game. So yeah, it, you're right. They didn't. And and again, like you said, I think it goes back to having four people in the backfield and also having some elite you know, receivers out there as well. So I'd be curious to know if that's something that we'll touch on with our receiving core this year. Uh, but one more final point I want to just kind of bring up what, as you mentioned just a second ago about what OC we bring in, uh, you know, what we think JT's workload will be. I know that Steichen also said in his press conference that it's going to kind of be a week by week thing for him. So, or a game by game decision for him on, on what he wants to do, whether it be pass heavy or run heavy. So I'm excited to see what, how he makes his adjustments, you know, throughout the games. Maybe we go into, he's, he's been battle tested now against teams who have come in and they've had to bring their best defense for them week in and week out with the Eagles. So I'd be curious to see how he can make those adjustments because that was a very high flying offense. And I feel like, 
even with the playmakers they had around them. I mean, a lot of that have to come from up top as well, from being able to have good people up top who can read the defense to kind of get an idea of what's going on and and figure out how to how to let the playmakers do what they can, but set them up for success as well. So I think we're going to have to have a superior offensive line. That's what yeah. the Eagles had. Um, I, you got to give them a lot of credit for their success, you know, just just how well their blocking was. For I mean, It just seemed like every time – they they had a runner going up the middle or you know on the side that they were they always had an open running lane and it was crazy. I mean Jason Kelsey it just just playing at a yeah. phenomenal level at his age, things like that. I I want to see our O line improve and then see what our playmakers can do at that at that point. But yeah, you talked about QB design runs. I would love to see that if we get the right quarterback. You know, I've talked about read option before, you know, a little different than RPO, but that would require a mobile QB. Um, it, things like that. Jelani Woods, you mentioned, I would love to see him go to another, just another level. We've already seen what he can do. Now, just imagine what what's what, what is he going to look like when he's mm. going to be some lead. He, he may be a leading receiver in, in a lot of games. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, he, he is a threat, and I want to see – if Steichen uses them, like why did why didn't we utilize them? Was it just the run blocking? Was that it? Can he develop things like that? It there's a lot of questions to be asked. And then pushing the ball downfield, we're definitely going to get some more aggression going forward. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Not just like oh fourth down, you know it's it's we we got to go for it even if it's fourth and three, but just more of hey we just got a first down, let's take a shot downfield. Set up Alec Pierce on a go route. Boom. Alec Pierce may get more involved. Like, I don't know. They yeah. Steichen about to add some spice to this offense. Like that, that's what I honestly think. And you know, whoever we draft to is not gonna have a noodle arm. So like right, thing, right. Things, you know, things are going to change. Like that that's what I'm thinking. It can only go up from here, right? I mean, we we should be able to see this year, we should be able to see players not get targeted. 10 times one game and then have zero the next game. I think it should be a smooth, well-oiled machine the entire time. Like you said, just every, just the ball going out. Boom, 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 boom. Anyone and everyone is free game for. I I, I just, I think that he has what it takes to, or he's going to bring in that demand to be like, hey, everybody's equal on this team. Let's get out there and make it happen. Yeah, we don't really have, I mean, you could say Michael Pittman's our, our number one, but I, I feel like that's just been de facto. No one's, yeah. no one's, no one's tested him. Hey, yeah. about to get battle tested this year. I don't know if, if we get a right QB. That, that's the biggest question. That that should be our podcast episodes for the next like <laughs> ten episodes. Like, who's our QB gonna be? Who's that that's QB? gonna yeah, that's gonna be the question for the next two months, man. Yeah, and it, it it's gonna change everything. Um, but we got the Shane Steichen hire. Uh, we feel like we've gotten that right. So I'm, you know, of course. We're set in sail. We're set in sail, baby. And it's looking good. And, yeah, that playbook is going to be... It, it, it should be... should be, yeah. It, it should be way better, more explosive, more complex to a degree. Um, that, that, that's what I'm going That's going to be it for us, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Colts cast today. We are live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or any platform you podcast we'll be back next time to give you some more indianapolis Colts content go Colts, everyone oh yeah take care